Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath a peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello and welcome. Happy New Year. I think we can still say Happy New Year because it's January or whatever that day is that uh, you can't say Happy New Year anymore. It's our first episode of the New Year, so we can say it. Uh, this is episode 104 of the Be Awesome podcast. And uh, I said uh, a couple months ago that I would not have a podcast in 2023 until I had my first guest uh, on with me, who is a past guest, an awesome friend, a massive inspiration, and someone that I've gone to for the last four and a half years. And we're going to recap how we've become such awesome friends because people often think that uh, we were like, born on the same day in the same hospital and our parents grew up together and all that stuff when they talk about me and my 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 care for cooks so uh without further ado mr david cooks welcome back to the podcast well i tell you what it's great to be back and it's definitely not as noisy as the first time (laughs) no not not at all not at all we've got a lot of uh Early, a lot of folks that didn't hear that podcast. So I'm going to give the story, and and um, you you fill in the blanks. Um, and it was funny because I made the post yesterday. I don't know if you saw it about Concordia University. Yes, I did. And, and after I made that post on LinkedIn, I'm like, Concordia University and Steve Hibbert are how I met David Cooks. You made a post in probably 2017, 2018, talking about your book that you were releasing from Paralysis to Purpose. And Steve Hibbard, who was at Concordia, where you were, um, had made a comment. And I was like, what a cool t- title of a, of a book. I'm in. I'm going to order one. And uh, and then I connected with you. And we went almost a year, never talking, never anything. Uh, and I found myself on a ferry to Nantucket to make a sales call in uh, late October, early November of 2018. And I had your book in my bag. And I pulled it out. And I started reading it. And literally, I put sticky notes or I put folds and paper of nuggets of knowledge I want to come back to. And I was like, I've got to meet this guy at some point. And I saw that you lived in Wisconsin, thinking it's about the size of Rhode Island. And I said, hey, (laughs) this was a Friday. And I was like, hey, we've never met before. I'm reading your book. I've got sticky notes all over it because I'm just learning so much and got so many great little tidbits here. Um. I'd love to meet you and have you on my podcast. I'm going to be in Madison, Wisconsin, heading to Wisconsin Dells Sunday night. Want to do a podcast. That was how I opened up with you. <laughs> and I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. I don't know yeah. you. And yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you in Madison. <laughs> yeah. I'll meet you in Madison. And I didn't know where you lived. Uh, and it turns out you were in Milwaukee. It was 60 some odd miles away. Not a big deal if it wasn't torrential downpours and if we didn't choose to have the podcast in the noisiest Starbucks known to man, I figured six 30 at night Starbucks on a Sunday would be dead quiet. And it was packed. It was um, packed. It, and it was on the opposite end of the campus. It wasn't even yeah. near the campus. That's why I picked it. Cause I'm like, yeah. well, that's close to the highway. He'll be able to hop right on and get up to 
Wisconsin Dales, and wrong was I. Yeah, but what was crazy was that's one of the most listened to podcasts, and maybe it's because people are just trying to hear the nuggets of knowledge that you and I were sharing with one another. But it was really it was a great episode, um, and and it, and one of my favorites to date. Um, and since then, I consider you, you know, one of my my dear friends. You know, uh, uh, someone that I that I look to, someone that I look up to, and someone that I that I count on at times. Um, and I hope you do the same with me on occasion. And if you don't yet, someday, hopefully you will. Oh yeah, um, well, but but well, no, it, it's mutual. But, and and let me yeah. just say one one quick thing. Like, um, I was just so honored that somebody would read my book. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and I didn't I didn't know you I you know yeah. your your title said evangelist at another company and blah blah yeah. blah and I was like you know what this person is taking the time to actually read the book and mm-hmm. you have more posted notes than there were pages in the book probably yeah and uh, I was like I'm honored that this guy is taking the time to yeah. read my book and I thought that was worth me saying thanks to you. By saying, "What the heck? Yeah, I'll meet you." I mean, yeah. what did I have to lose? Yeah, I had I had everything to gain, and I have gained a ton since then. Yeah, it, it, and and it, what's interesting was I wanted to do the podcast because I wanted to share the story, the book, and what I realized after meeting you for that hour and your your willingness to come drive out in the pouring rain and and spending some extra time with me and have an additional discussion outside the book. Man, I was just scratching the surface. Like I left, I'm like, I need more cooks. And, uh, you know, I was just scratching the surface and, you know, over the last four and a half years, it's, it's been amazing. And every time I I talk to you, even when we're just talking, when I'm driving to the butcher, um, I come away feeling good. And, uh, I gotta tell you, there's no better day to have this podcast. You know, I want to kick this the year off with you because we gotta, we gotta put 22 in the, in the rear view mirror. I think a lot of us, you know, had, trials tribulations struggles difficulties challenges things we're trying to get past and you got a couple of them we'll get into them um but <laughs> i can tell you i gotta have a podcast when i'm not having the best of days and we were supposed to supposedly i'm gonna argue whether or not it was yesterday or not but this podcast was supposed <laughs> to happen yesterday um but i called you last night uh a little bit sedated after having uh novocaine and pain medicine for uh, a tooth removal and said, hey, can we push this to today? And, um, you know, you said, no, nah, man, you're not going to be able to do the pot. You, you, you just what you just went through. And it's trauma. <laughs> Getting your tooth pulled is no joke. When you're a kid, they just fall out. When you're old, there's a lot. There's a lot of root to that. Uh, it's like taking out an old tree. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm having I'm having a tough day. And uh, and I'm just excited to, to have you on. And I think it's it's good for us to talk about, you know, the difference between a good day and a bad day is your attitude. And I think you and I have had some experience in that in the last, you know, 12 or so months. So sure. um, get, get, first, why don't you just get us up to speed? What's what's going on with Cooks? What's where have you, where have you been? What's been going on? And then I'll pick on you a little bit. Yeah. So, well, you know, um, I'm excited just to be to be here. Uh, and I always talk about uh, every day is a good day. Um, mm-hmm. And every day that you get to live and have an opportunity to get something done is pretty good. Um, and we'll talk about uh, 2022. And really, since 2019, I've had some kind of a roller coaster of, of uh, issues and health concerns and different things. But um, I'm good. And um, 
writing, trying to write another book now and uh, actually trying to write a couple of books. I'm not as disciplined as you uh, are, but I'm trying. <laughs> so get well, those. I've, I've, I've got some of your family that's that's disciplining me. So we, we can talk about that too. But uh, yeah, <laughs> if right. it was just my, my book's been on the shelf for four years. It was one person and a Panera bread that got me off the dime and he's doing a lot of the work for me. So yeah, uh, it's, so, it's not so easy. I'm, yeah, so I'm here in Wisconsin. Um, I am uh, in the midst of recovering from a broken femur. We'll talk about that uh, scenario. And um, that has kind of left me on the shelf since September of uh, 2022. Um, but I'm excited about where I am. My health is good and looking forward to rebounding very strong in the second half of 2023, uh, you know, when I'm able to kind of get back out and do some things uh, in person. You know, the, the, the virtual world is I'm grateful for the virtual world and the, and the opportunities that it still does provide. Uh, but, man, I like to shake hands and kiss babies and and take pictures. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting back to that. Yeah. And that and and uh, and that's not an easy thing to do for you to get out. I mean, that's for you to look forward to it. I mean, I, I've experienced I had experience it last June with you and and um, I was in awe. You know, and, and when we will talk about the story that led up to me seeing you in June and planes, trains and automobiles. But yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I think know, it was, wasn't it September we saw each other. Yeah, it was It was because it was September 8th. I was okay. flying out to uh, Martha's Bay. <laughs> perfect. You know the date better yeah, than I do. Like, Somebody uh, knows the date better than me for once. That's perfect. <laughs> it's like I think it was yeah. September. Oh, you know, the crazy part is that um, beginning in June, well, actually July is when I begin to start to have some health issues. I didn't realize I was as sick as I was even at, in Martha's Vineyard. And mm -hmm. so I just know September was such a key month because September 8th was the Martha's Vineyard trip. And then September 21st was the announcement uh, of me being named CEO of an organization. And then September 22nd, I break my femur. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, then you would get into November when I'm healthy and lose the CEO job. So that little stretch there had a lot of stuff going on in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, our, our time uh, in the car <laughs> was <laughs> it was good. And your, your part of the story is always the funny to me because I'm like, really? You know, so. Um, so, yeah, so it was it was September. I think we saw each other, though. Um, uh, was it last summer here in Milwaukee? At, yeah. at an event last, downtown? last October. Last October, you did a book signing in my booth. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. So that so that previous October. Yeah. October yeah. of twenty October of uh twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we've we've only actually seen each other in person in four and a half years, less than four times. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. One, once in Madison, yeah. once in Milwaukee, and once in Boston. Yeah, that's it. In the, in the northeast. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It does, that must it does be why we get along so well because you don't see enough of me. Successful <laughs> 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 marriages. <laughs> I was, you know, my parents got divorced in 2007. My dad moved a quarter mile away, and I think they got along the best they ever did. I said, "You guys just need to live in separate houses. Then you get along great." You know. <laughs> oh my um, god. Yeah. No, but uh, no. The trip was the trip was a trip. Um, because you had texted me and told me you were going to Martha's Vineyard. And then I just, I didn't put it anywhere. And I just randomly called you and you texted me and you're like, Hey, about to get on the plane to go to the vineyard. And let me call you back. And then I waited and I waited. And then next thing you know, I got a text that said, 
uh, scrap that. I'm on a bus to to uh, to a ferry. Now it's eight o'clock at night, um, and you're taking a bus from Hyannis to Falmouth, which is it's forty minutes. But then you have to get on a ferry to ride to Martha's Vineyard. Anybody that doesn't know that's a listener, Martha's Vineyard's an island. Then you get on the ferry, you get on to to Martha's Vineyard. Then you have to get into a wheelchair accessible van, right? Yeah, well, actually, in some, ride, it, 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 riding riding the public transportation it was a city bus. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because I had no one to pick me up and I had no yeah. idea where I was going. So I just got on the bus. Yeah, to a hotel that you were going to stay in for a couple of days for this event. And uh, and you called me and told me, you know, first of all, the, the Cape Air situation where you, got to buy, you bought a plane ticket and they couldn't put you on the plane because it was a small plane and, you know, that nonsense. Anybody want to talk to Cooks about uh, you know, some sort of legality there. They sell someone a plane ticket and then say they won't board you on the tarmac. Um, even though you said you were in a wheelchair is beyond me. But in any case, um, when you told me that whole thing, I, I gotta tell you, one thing hit me, um, the whole saying, walk a mile in my shoes. Mm. And I never told you this. I'm, I never told you this, this. No. So, um, when I was listening to you, I and, and I'm pretty I'm pretty resourceful and I pretty and I try to adjust accordingly and try to think about you know what would I do in that situation or how would I do it in that situation and all the things that you did that you committed yourself to because you could have just said you know what this is this scrap that I'm I'm not doing all this like there was there was something that told me not to do this I'm going to go home mm-hmm. and 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 reset but you 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 push through and then when I talk to you you told me you were going to do that whole same thing back to the airport, <laughs> but like, like it was no big deal. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, pump, I pump the brakes on two planes. I take, a, I take two planes. I pump the brakes. I'm done. You know, that's it. Look, I, I was, <laughs> I, I, it, you know, I think I didn't have time to really think. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. just, I was just in react mode, especially on the way out. Yeah. So, you know, you fly out and, and for people we haven't talked about, I'm a T6 paraplegic. I'm in a wheelchair. And so um, uh, when you travel in, in anything I really do, I always have to plan it, plan in advance. There mm-hmm. is no there is no spontaneity that I'm allowed anymore. And so mm-hmm. I have to make sure the the flights are accessible, the rooms are accessible, the transportation is accessible. All of that I have to make sure of before I leave. Mm-hmm. So to get to Boston um, and on the first flight, no problem. And then to be sitting there on the tarmac. Uh, next to the Cape Air airplane, waiting for the guy to, uh, and I, I asked him the question. I'm like, okay, um, what seat are you guys going to put me on? It's a small plane because if you sit me right here, people are going to have to climb over me. And, you know, so I was just asking him that question. And that's when he said, oh, um, uh, we, we don't put people on planes. <laughs> and I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> well, where's the person that does? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> My question to him was, well, who are you waiting on? Because I thought there was another person coming to help him to lift me into the plane. And so when he said, uh, we don't put people on planes, I, I, you know, I think I had a moment where I thought I had left my body or something. And um, because I had never, I traveled enough and I've never had that happen. So I'm, I'm sitting there and the other passengers are lined up here to my left and they're just standing there. They want to get on the plane. And uh, so I look at them and I look at the guy and I said, well, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I said, my, my luggage is on this plane. I, 
I need to get to I have an event I need to get to. Um, well, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's our policy. It's our policy that we don't do that. I said, well, you took my plane ticket. You took my money. <laughs> you know, can I get my money back or anything like that? Um, and so, so I looked at the, at the, uh, other passengers. Cause he said, well, if one of these passengers would like to help you, uh, yeah. you know, we can, they can do that to help you get on. And, and I'm like, oh no, I'm not putting them at that risk. If they fall or something, then we all die. Yeah. Um, so and I don't get any money out of this. So yeah. uh, so I looked at the passengers and I said to them, this is why I'm buying my own plane. I said, you guys have a nice trip. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'll see. I'll see. You. Maybe I'll see some of you on the vineyard. I don't know yeah. where you're going, but maybe I'll see you. So, uh, you know, we get back into the into the uh, the airport or the terminal. Um, and the thing that, that was so interesting uh, for me, Peach, was I got there an hour and a half early mm -hmm. and gave them all the information, told them that what we needed to do. And they did not say one word. They were like, yeah. okay, we're going to go. We'll get you down there and everything. And, and we could have avoided, you know, a three hour of wasted time where mm -hmm. we could have tried to find some transportation to get me down there and, and do all that. Instead of it turning into an, uh, a nine hour trip from Boston right to Martha's Vineyard, we could have knocked that out with a with a little communication. I still would have been upset that I don't know why they didn't put me on the plane. And they, you know, they could have said that when I bought the ticket. So um, so that was the beginning of, of an unbelievable weekend. Um, but I told those people that I wanted to meet the people that I was going to see. I made a commitment to them. And I didn't realize until I got there this is just what people in wheelchairs sometimes have to do. Mm -hmm. you, you just have to make an adjustment. Everybody else was just like, oh, my God, we can't believe you, you, you made it. Same thing like, like you. Like you would have been like, you know what? I can head back to Wisconsin. <laughs> you know? There's a plane right there that can get me back. And I need some cheese curds. They don't have any of those here. I got to go home. <laughs> yeah, I can go home. But I didn't. And, um, you know, to get there, I almost missed the ferry. Uh, yeah. which is a whole nother scenario. Well, I, I missed the first one. The first one, I was too late to get on and there was one more left. And I was like, oh, thank you yeah. so much. And um, so then I, I get on the bus. So I get off the ferry and I, I asked the guy like, you know, where, where, how do we get, get to my hotel? And he said, well, there's a bus that can get you close. <laughs> close. Yeah. You know, well, and, and one, one thing is Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket are the two islands off Cape Cod. The, many of the roads are dirt and gravel. They're not, or cobblestone. It's oh, not, cobblestone. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it, is, it is not, it is not the most wheelchair friendly environment. It's, it's okay. Um, yeah. And because I have, you know, I've got good strength in my arms and stuff. So I get on the city bus and I ask the guy, can you get me to point X? And he said, well, I can get you downtown. Our last stop is in that same town. So it's 10 o'clock at night. Everything closes in Martha's Vineyard. Must they must close at eight o'clock at night because there was nobody around. <laughs> I mean, I mean, where's everybody at? And the restaurants are closed, and so I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've got my luggage, and I'm at a bus stop. I'm a black guy in the middle of the night in Martha's Vineyard. What in the world am I going to do now? <laughs> so um, a few people walk by and. They didn't say anything, so I guess they were going wherever they were going. Yeah. And uh, 
there was a post office there behind me. And I, I remember it all. I know exactly where I was. And so I called the hotel. I said, hey, this is this is Dave Cooks. I'm staying at your hotel. Here's where I am. Is there any way I, I can? How do I get to you? And so they said, oh, we'll come and get you. And so they had an SUV, which is not the easiest thing to get in. But they had two very strong young guys from uh, overseas that were uh, working there in the summer. They did a great job picking me up, put me in the SUV, get me to the hotel, only to find out that I can't get in the bathroom in the hotel room. And so I'm like, wait a minute. Did you said that this is wheelchair accessible? Um, it's on the first floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> since, since when is that wheelchair accessible? The first floor. And so, uh, and you know, the beds were like 38 inches high. So I, I would have to, they offered me a, a, a step stool um, mm -hmm. to get up on the bed. And I said, well, how am I going to use that? <laughs> you know, what, what, how does that work? Help me with that. Help me with that. <laughs> um, and they were, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And so, so that began that evening, so we eventually get into another room. And the guys take the bed apart. They take one of the box rings off and put it up against the wall so that I could actually get on the bed. Yes. So um, when I get, when I get, so I was really grateful for them. And this is what I mean. There are always people who are willing to help you to make it work, you know, and if you're willing to just kind of, you know, yeah. have things don't have to be perfect. So they get mm -hmm. that all figured out. And uh, so I get in, I, I get ready for bed and I, I get in the bed and I almost sink to the floor. I'm like, no wonder they had 20 box rings under this thing, the mattress. <laughs> so now I've got to worry about getting out of the bed. <laughs> out of the bed. Like, yeah. what is this? And we haven't even started the, the, the couple of days of meeting people and having some nice uh, lobster. Yeah. So that was the beginning of the trip. Um, you know, I did cut the trip short. Um, I came home a day early, uh, but I had a great time. But but I tell that story because um, we often, you know, sometimes things just don't work out the way you think they, they, they're going right. to. And you do all the things you're supposed to. You make all the calls. You explain everything. You, you get confirmation that everything's going to be OK. And then it's not. And you have a choice of how you're going to handle that in that moment, because my goal was to get to Martha's Vineyard. That was my goal. And that's what I wanted to do. Uh, now, after that, I, I have some things I'd like to do <laughs> to try to, to to make that situation better. But in the meantime, that was it. And yeah. as I look back at it, it was a lot to do. I listened to you. I was going, I was going, how is he doing all this? And then, so there were, there were some takeaways. Like I say, I, the first thing I was thinking about is, I don't know that I could ever do that. I, you know, and I've seen people, I've seen exercises where they'll put someone in a wheelchair for a day for them to understand, you know, what it takes and how to do it and everything. But I, I know when I was talking to you throughout that, I was sitting here thinking, how is this guy making jokes about <laughs> sinking in a mattress or not being able to fit into a bathroom or having to get the, the one thing that was, that was interesting to me that I, that I, I guess I was, I was honored and felt really proud and, and happy. Um, but was one thing that, that you did, obviously you dealt with it. And I didn't know that is, you know, there has to be some vulnerability for you to trust people to pick, to literally pick you up and do things like put you into a vehicle. And like, when I got that honor to do, that was an honor for me. That was like, cooks, cooks really trust me. 
other than the fact that I thought I lost a part to his wheelchair. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's, but I, still, I still don't know how you thought you lost <laughs> a part. And you drove the whole way from Martha's Vineyard yeah. up to Boston right. thinking about that, but you didn't let on what I'd had no clue about that. No, 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 I, no. Don't let them see you sweat. No. Um, <laughs> so, so for the listeners and viewers, and if anybody has any questions or wants to chime in anything, please feel free. Just put in the chat. I'm watching all the chat sections, but um, so, so basically what happened was I, I didn't allow cooks because he was insistent on ferrying bus to Logan airport to fly home. And I said, just get the ferry and I'll be there to pick you up and I'll drive you to the airport I, I, to get the windshield time with my friend, which at the beginning of this podcast, he said it's only happened a couple times up to this point was, was well worth the time and drive. So I drove down to the vineyard. I, uh, I borrowed my mother's car at 47 years old. I'm borrowing my mom's car. Um, because all we have is big trucks and I did know that the SUV was a problem. So, uh, I drive my mom's car down to Woods Hole and there's cooks waiting on the side of the, the side of the sidewalk. And I pull up and the first thing I go is, well, great. Now where's the wheelchair going to go? Didn't think that one through. And, um, the first thing was to get you in the car and then go through the steps of the, uh, the six pieces that the wheelchair goes into, to go into the car. And so with every direction you gave me a direction you know, all right take this take this handle off take the right wheel off now take the left wheel off now take this off and one of the last things was the cushion that you sit on and so there were six pieces um i knew i put in five we started driving and for those of you that are it's about 100 miles from woods hole to to uh, maybe a little bit less to to logan um maybe maybe 80 miles uh, but it took us about an hour and a half, almost two hours, stop for gas and all this stuff. And so from the time I got in the car, about a minute after I got in the car, I did a, a playback. And it's something I do everywhere I go because I'm traveling so much. I always do a, where did I put it last? Like, where is this? Um, I had this freak out uh, yesterday because my iPad said someone was using my FaceTime. And the last time it pinged was in St. Charles, Missouri last week. And I'm like, did I leave my iPad? Where was the last place I had it? It was a Cook's Pillow moment. So the whole time we're driving to Logan, we had some of the best conversation. I showed you some of the best coffee behind the gas station at Honeydew Donuts at the Bourne Rotary. You know, we did a whole bunch of talking. We had great conversation. Um, And I'm sitting there just internally sweating bullets because we're getting to Logan. And I'm like, how am I going to tell this guy he's gone through hell and back? He's going home without a seat cushion for his wheelchair. (laughs) And I'm and so I'm putting the wheelchair together outside, going, when do I tell him? When do I tell him? Do I tell him now? Let me just put another piece on. Maybe he won't be that upset. Maybe he'll be <laughs> nice to me like he was nice to everybody else the last three days that have basically not given him, you know, what he needed until they, you know, they figured out the, to solve it. We'll problem solve. I'll I'll steal somebody's pillow. I'll do something. And we literally get this the wheelchair together. I'm getting ready to say it, and you pull the cushion out from the front seat and you're going all right just got to put this in and i'm go man if you knew how much i was freaking out this entire time as to how i was going to tell you your cushion you're here but your cushion is in woods hole somewhere i can't believe this you just looked at me and smiled and it was like all right i'll see you later man thanks Uh, but it was (laughs) i I do think that's i think that's hilarious because you did not let on at all and and i had the cushion right there in the front with us, yep, yep. Um, but I mean, you were so, and 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 this is what I appreciate about about you and and people in general that that uh, provide help. You know, they, they want to get it right, 
Yeah. And it really, and they really are focused and intent on remembering how to get the chair back together, you know, all these things, and they just want to get it right. And that's one thing that I have learned uh, after, you know, I've been in a chair for four, you know, four decades and um, that people really do want to help and they're genuine and they're sincere and you have to, they can be an imperfect ally. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be a perfect ally. Yeah. And and once once you kind of give them the freedom to get it wrong or to make a mistake or to have to try it again, man, that really makes a big difference for them. And also uh, for me as well, being on the receiving end of, of their service. Yeah. So so I've only been friends with you and I've known you for 10 percent of the time that you've been in a wheelchair. Was this a um, was this a growing mindset and attitude that you had or i mean was there a point where this stuff would have happened that you would have just gone home or you would have just gotten angry i mean were you because in your book it seems like i mean you were in a school and and it's been a while but i think i remember you were in a school that there was no such thing as ada compliance you had to find your way to get to your space right um it was a much different time there was probably less understanding um and it was probably, uh, I think it's still difficult today, like you just shared, but probably it was even more difficult back then. And, and technology. I mean, your wheelchair is like a transformer. Um, <laughs> like, like you know, it, it literally gets down into, it fits in a very small space. And it's, um, you know, it, 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 it's it got technology behind it. It might seem like a couple of wheels and some metal, but it's got some technology behind it. Um, but reading your book, it seemed like, you know, there was some initial stuff, but it, it seemed like you pretty much were like, "Hey, this is this is what I got. Let's roll with it, and let's 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 get let's get good people around me." Yeah, uh, let's roll with it. That's pretty good. No pun intended. No, and uh, it wasn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the painkiller talk. That's, that's the painkiller talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? I I think that um, part of um, you know, becoming a wheelchair user, you know, at age 15 and over time, you begin to solve, you become a problem solver mm-hmm. because if you wanted to experience things in life, you were going to have to figure out how to make it work. It's not like you just can go and make it work. So that whole determination, I think, became built into just the person I am because that's how I had to live. That's how I had to get there. And so I'm always looking for a solution, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, I mean, I can identify the problems. I mean, that's anyone, anyone can do that, but how do we get from the tarmac to Martha's Vineyard? That's the yeah. question. What are those steps? And is that something that we can do? And what, what, what will be the cost? Not, not necessarily monetarily, but the cost emotionally, physically to get that done. And if you can measure that, and that is something you can do. Then it goes back to the trademark saying that you love that you love to use, that your ability to endure is always greater than your willingness to endure. And so you're able. That yet? Oh yes, that's trademarked. Yes, good. Because I do, be, I do use it. I use it regularly. I need to get my my <laughs> uh, brother-in-law to uh, get my merchandise together. Get me some cups and some shirts uh, yeah. to give to people. Hopefully, hopefully not, he's not to give. Not did I say to give to people? Uh, to yeah. uh, sell to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was I was talking to Mark just before this. I was r- rushing to Target, 
And I said, I said, I got to, he, he, uh, I called him, I talked to him this morning and, uh, I told him about the podcast and, and I said, I was going on at one and I called him at, uh, like 1246. I'm like, Hey man, I'm just shooting up the target. I got to pick up an order and then I'm going to have some noodles and then I'm going to, I'm going to get on the podcast. He goes, you do realize it's like 14 minutes from now. I go, yeah, I'm going to have time to burn. Don't worry about that. I got this. We'll see you there. So if he's not listening, we're talking about you, Mark. If you are listening, you got to get on the, the, the trademark merchandise. Um, listening to you though, I'm sitting here going, man, if there isn't uh, a great personal program to put together what you just said we all can figure out we all can figure out the problems the problems are um the problems are obvious and as a as a leader um or as i tried to be a leader in in business um you know the biggest thing that i always would tell my teams are look you're going to run into problems you're going to run into challenges i what i like to call them as challenges because problems sometimes you can't solve um but challenges you should be able to uh you know, come to me with those, but also come to me with some solutions. Mm-hmm. And there's so few people, uh, and, and unfortunately, technology takes a lot of that um, away from us for us to be critical problem-solving thinkers and saying, okay, here's the situation, the scenario. I'm stuck at the airport in a wheelchair that I can't get on a plane, and I got to get to a thing called an island. How else mm-hmm. can I get there? And what are the, the what are the moving pieces that I need to be a part of to get there? Like, yeah. You talk about an exercise in in figuring things out. Uh, it, there it is, and you do it every day. Well, and that and, and that one was very different because I was alone. Mm-hmm. Normally, I, I may travel if I'm speaking. I may have a videographer, or sometimes my wife would travel with me if we go on vacation. There's someone else there to help me. Yeah, there was no one. I it was just me, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any. I was like, I was like, oh my god, and that that had never happened before where. I was in that kind of a situation. And and if, I know this may sound crazy, but I really felt disabled at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like things were like, like I'm really in a wheelchair right now. Mm-hmm. And that really hadn't happened to me quite like that, where I really mm-hmm. felt like, wow, this is what it means to be in a wheelchair. This situation mm-hmm. right here really sums that up. Now, what do you do? And that was probably, I'm telling you, it was, it was by far up until the femur, uh, <laughs> the, the most challenging thing mentally yeah. that I had to deal with in a, in a, you know, 24 hour period. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'll tell you it's, and it's not because of me, but I, and we're going to get into this because Mark's saying for real, I'm here baking bread. I knew you were going to start talking about me when I ran upstairs. The guy's quite the cook. I got to, I got to get in on one of his one of his cooking masterpieces, but um, you know, I think this I think this says um, for you to make sure you have a, a wide net in your network of people that you can trust. And I'm not this was just this was just luck that I was on the end that I could help you. Yeah. But I know that if I'm in Milwaukee, anytime I go to Milwaukee, you always tell me, "Hey, you need anything? I'm here. Yeah. Uh, you you want to stop by? Stop by." Um, I think it's important for people to have people they trust and people that they love and care about that they would do what's needed so that they're not an island by themselves on that rare occasion. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's one of those interesting things and it, it doesn't need to be someone that you grew up with in your neighborhood. It doesn't need to be someone, it can be someone you meet on LinkedIn through a mutual connection that you just get this feeling like this is a good person and I want to be part of their 
part of their crew. And uh, that that's something that's happened over the four and a half years. And then what's crazy, and let's talk about Mark, because it expands, right? Yeah. It, it, it expands. Um, uh, so I'm part of this private group with, with Jesse Itzler. Jesse Itzler is the founder of Marquee Jet. Uh, he's part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. He started, uh, I think, a coconut water company. The guy's worth, you know, over a billion dollars. And he and he happened to marry uh, Sarah Blakely, who was the founder of Spanx, who just sold for probably $3 billion. So they're doing all right. And they've had success professionally. But um, Jesse also does really well personally. He's got They've had kids late in life, but he's always he always makes the time to find for them. Um, he always has some, you know, words of wisdom and encouragement. And he decided to start this program called the Build Your Life Resume. It's a thousand bucks a year. I think it's thirteen hundred and forty nine dollars a year. And last year at this time, I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But I bet there's some really cool people in there. And I said, and I'm going to have Jesse Itzler's ear on occasion, hopefully, where I could send something to him and surrounding yourself with great people. And so I, uh, it was probably April of last year. I've been having some challenges with my dad. Who's got the uh, advanced dementia and was put in a home three years ago now. And, um, just having some challenges. And this guy just puts a post on the the feed and, and Jesse Etzler's build your life resume private page. It says, um, Got so just just released my book ten days without dad or ten days with ten days with dad. I've got it, I've got yep. it here because I might give away a copy too. And it talks about his de- his time with his father who had Alzheimer's who had passed away. Uh, later to find out it was also his I think his fiftieth birthday that he that he released the book. So special day. Um, and so I sent him a message and I was like, hey, and his name's Mark Resnick, and uh, I sent him a note in the Build Your Life resume. Hey Mark, I see that you wrote this book. I'm gonna buy a copy of it. I'm I'm dealing with some of these challenges as well. This is April, May of 2022. And um, I also, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about maybe some of your, um, some of the merchandise stuff you have. I need to get some things embroidered. And we went back on email a couple times and I didn't have that much of a need to spend more money on embroidery. And I got his book and just kind of kept it, kept it at bay. And like in July, I'm listening to your podcast, which if you're not listening to From Paralysis to Purpose with David Cook's podcast, put it on your list. He's got some great guests. I was talking about the the guy in prison with the coffee bean story. Yeah. Like you have your your you and your guests and your stories are memorable. Like you remember it. It's nuggets of knowledge and stuff to to remember. Um, welcome, Mark Moschetto, old friend. It's great, great to have you. Before while I continue the story, I just want to hit these uh the um chats as they come on. Um but um, you welcome Mark Resnick to your podcast. And I'm sitting here going, wait a second. This can't be the Mark Resnick that I don't know that I'm trying to know on my friend David Cook's podcast. And then all of a sudden, I got 10 days with dad talking about my book. And you guys are talking back and forth. Not just like he's your guest, but I could tell that you had known him outside of that. And I immediately get done listening to it. And I go, Cooks, how you say, Cooks, how do you know Mark Resnick? He said, how do I know Mark Resnick? How do you know Mark Resnick? I said, I don't, but I need to. And I told you the story. And you go, oh, that's my brother-in-law. <laughs> and I said, time out. Time out, wait a, time out, wait a minute. We've known each other. We've talked about all sorts of stuff. How is David Cooks' brother-in-law with Mark Resnick in Walpole, Massachusetts. How does that work? And 
it, it was the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you know, and I didn't even in the podcast, I didn't even mention that he's my brother-in-law, you know, I, because I, I, I always am very, um, you know, protective of people on yeah. my podcast and don't like to, you know, unless they share different things. And, and so I didn't think anything of it. And then when you said, I was like, you talking about Mark Resnick? <laughs> I said, I'm like, you know, Mark Resnick? And, and we, we were like, what's the chances, yeah. the chances of that happening? Yeah. And see when those things like that happen, I think they are not by mistake. I no. think that they are divine appointments that are supposed to happen because you listen to the podcast and had just talked to Mark. I I hadn't talked to Mark about you or anything because I didn't know you guys even knew each other. Yeah, yeah. we really didn't. didn't. It was it was two emails. It was two emails, and I wanted I wanted to know more. Um, and then he came on my podcast in August, um, and we got to talk. But that that piece, like you, you know, Ed Rossich, who you know, who was one of my my bosses and 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 dear friend and someone that I consider a mentor and I, I go to, and it's a saying that a lot of people. And I, I don't remember who coined it, but, you know, it's that saying you are the average of the five people you surround yourself the most with. Mm. Right. And um, and what's interesting is if you take the five that you spend the time around with and you take those five and you look at the five that they because you're only one of their five. Right. And you look at who the other four are. Now, all of a sudden it gets wider. And it yeah. was like I knew right out of the gate. Mark would have had to do something really screwy for me not to trust him. <laughs> um, right. He would have had to have done yep. something really, really goofy. Right. Yep. Um, and all he's done is outperformed as a friend and outperformed as a partner with a lot of things that he's doing with me now because of that. And now my, my net's wider. Right. And, and that's what you have to do. Like look away from what's in it for me and the benefit stuff and just look at the people you have around me and then the people those people have around them it's not just your circle it's it's the circles that all can build up and aggregate and grow and um yeah i mean i'm hey man you you, you picked right you got a great brother-in-law and i got a great friend out of it so you know <laughs> yeah thank you. I, yeah i wish i could take credit for picking that right I, <laughs> right my, my wife well you picked the, you picked the right <laughs> wife that happened to have the right brother and that gave you the right brother well that's where i was going there you, with it. There, there yeah. you go there you go so yeah and uh so that's fantastic and, and he uh he does do a lot of cooking and stuff so uh, i don't yeah. know if he still does as much he, he used to do a lot of bread making and uh, and, and also yeah, some that's what he's uh, making right now. He's making making right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, um, make sure you're close enough. Get some of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, get that. yeah. Mark, I'll be by later to pick up some hats and a, and some bread. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no. Uh, no, but, uh, we got another chat here. This is from a private LinkedIn user says, hello, gents. I grew up with a neighbor that was in a wheelchair. And a cousin Tony that was born with no hips. I was amazed on how well they got around back in the seventies. The struggle was real. So, um, yeah, seventies. Like that's what was the what was the year that you were fifth? Well, not the year, but the time frame. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was seventy nine, oh. October of seventy nine, and wow. that was just that was just uh, the beginning of having the ADA conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, you start to have curb cuts and just those are like the first steps and that type type of stuff but things were nowhere near as as good as they are now and i and i think perspective we talk about perspective all the time when we when you and i chat um if you don't know that you'll complain about what you have today mm -hmm. and you still need to push 
push the needle forward, but you need to take a look and have some context. It's kind of like mm-hmm. with, with basketball. I, for people who play the game but don't know the game, it, it's frustrating. They don't know the history. They don't know how we got to the three-point shot. You know, all those types of things uh, become pretty important. So, um, yep, it's, uh, it's, it's, we've come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. now, now it's time to get from the bathroom to the boardroom. That's the next step. Yeah. Basketball, volleyball, and the YMCA all created in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yes, they are. Yeah. Anthony Amiano is the is the man hiding privately. Just came in, said I, that was me, Josh Anthony's coming under an alias. I love it, Anthony. I'm gonna see you next month. We'll figure out how to get you on private so we can all say who you are. Um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting when we look at how fast and and how it wasn't that long ago, like ADA, like yeah. fire fire rules. Yes. You know? There hasn't yeah. been a single death in a, of, of, a, of a person in a fire in a school since like 1954, 1956, since Our Lady, Our Lady of Oh God, drawn a blank, but it was all the the teachers and students that were killed in that fire in Chicago, mm-hmm. and that's when they said, Hey, we need to have you know fire exit signs, and we need to have emergency ladders, we need to have all that stuff. So when you proactively are doing things, but it's not foolproof. It's not. It's not right. Cool. But but it's but it's come a long way from a short period of time. So. Um, you know, but to, to go through it, even at that, that length, like you say, it was tough. And like Anthony said, not, oh, yeah. not, e- not easy. I mean, it's, um, as you know, my grandmother passed just after Thanksgiving. And, um, when I, when you look at people that have gone through, you know, she's born in 1922. Like if you wow. went through the stages and the things and everything that they went through to get there and we're doing that, right. We're, we're building our, we're building our history, our legacy, and our impact, um, and that's that's kind of cool. But when you look at some of the stuff that people have gone through, you go, "Man, I couldn't have done that." That that's really you did that. How you know? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah it is, so, man. It really is. So, yeah. no, I'm uh, I'm working on some I'm working on some new content for a keynote. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Um, you listen to Mac Lamore? No, yeah, no, you should. I, I, I guess I should. I don't listen to him either until recently. Oh. <laughs> um, no, it, well, the sto- here's the story. I mean, you talk about, you know, divine intervention. You and I, I mean, you are very religious. And, uh, and you know, I typically call you during your, your, you know, while you're watching or you're at a Sunday sermon, which is always, that's always telling that I'm not highly religious. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. Like that's, you know, we always talk about how two people can have, you and I have different opinions on a lot of things. Um, but we still smile and get along with it all the time. We, we have time. That, that mutual respect and love for one another. And so, but my grandmother was wildly religious. My mother jokes and says that, you know, she, she said so many prayers that there's a whole bunch sitting up in the clouds for whenever, whenever, whenever anybody needs one. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so um, what had happened was it was two days after uh, Thanksgiving and uh, I was decorating um, our Christmas tree. We were supposed to be at their house, my mother's house and grandmother lived next door to me. And uh, we were supposed to be there four o'clock for a Portuguese Festa to cook out. We were going to cook Portuguese steak on a stick. I went to the butcher early in the day. I got all sorts of Portuguese rolls and, and bread and linguisa and all the stuff. Dropped it off, got the fire started at 1.30, and I'm, I'm up on my Christmas tree at uh, what I didn't know was 4 o'clock at the time. But I had my police scanner on, and the scanner went off and said, um, 100-year-old woman breathing. And I'm sitting here going, how many people in our town are 100, and how many of them are breathing? 
like or, or women rather or women or the breathing they should all be breathing uh but how many are there that are breathing and so i come down and i i go to my phone and it's 401 and my mother had just sent a text that said i think lola had a stroke and um what had what had happened was um she was out sweeping her back deck and oh i lost your cooks well i'll keep telling the story for the listeners um here he comes there oh. you are you're back you got froze up um so no so so uh i came down from the the tree i looked at my phone it was 401 one minute after we were supposed to be there and my mother had texted i think lola had a stroke uh, so we called my grandmother i raced over to the house and i got there just the paramedics did and i watched her she was laying on the back deck she was sweeping the deck dressed to the nines ready to party and uh she suffered a, a brain hemorrhage and um uh, it, they took her to the hospital and um, I waited for a little bit. My mom um, sent me a text and said, you need to come back to, uh, to, to, you need to come to the hospital right away. And, um, and I lost you again, cooks. This live stuff is tough sometimes. Um, let's see if you can hear me speaking. Yeah, I want to make sure it's not I can, me. I can see and hear you. Okay. Uh, so maybe it's just me. Could you could hear all of what I was saying? Okay, cool. So, I'll abbreviate the story a little bit. I was told, my mother texted me, told me I had to get to the hospital to say goodbye. And I got in my pickup truck and I'm driving. And because it's just after Thanksgiving um, and I'm doing a hundred miles down the road and uh, I get to the first red light and I, and I just say, what the hell am I doing? Not why am I driving so fast? Why am I listening to Christmas music? I'm going to say goodbye to my grandmother that I've had for 47 years of my life, which I was very, very blessed. I always tell people I, I can't complain about having a grandmother for 47 years. Wow. You can't do that. You, right. you you have a blessing that most people don't get. But I was like, why the heck am I listening to Christmas music? And I literally hit scan on the radio because Christmas music comes on up here in November. And um, I, I hit scan. And all of a sudden, it was the, 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 the line is, they say you die twice. First, when they bury you. And second, when they stop talking about you. Hmm. And it's a song by Macklemore. It's called Be Glorious. The album is Gemini, which my grandmother and I both shared the same birthday in June, which makes us Geminis. And so I came home and I talked to Amy and I said, this song was on. She goes, oh, yeah, it's Macklemore, da, 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 da. And I listened to it. And so I'm working on content right now for my keynote for 2023. I don't know what I'm going to call it. I'm not, I was thought about calling it Be Glorious. But the impact to make it so people don't stop talking about you, so you never, you never, die, you never die twice. Wow. Because I have so many... I have so many. I hope, you know, I hope you and I live forever here. But if I go first, you know, I hope that you continue to say things about me that are pretty good. And right. if you go first, you know, I'm going to talk about you because I've stole your trademark line and I say it to everybody that'll listen. So, uh, but I give you credit so that you'll always be talked about. But yeah. talking about how, even when you think you're ordinary, you can be extraordinary to somebody. And to be able to to carry that legacy for for a long time to come, and that's that's something you're doing, and uh, I think it's it's pretty cool. And and I apologize for anybody that uh, had some some from freezes there. Um, Mark Moschetto, people with different opinions, getting along crazy. Seriously, the world needs more of that, a lot more. Well, we're for hire. Um, yeah, hey, hey. Cooks, cooks, cooks can get back on the road in June, and he and I can go up, and we could we could actually replay some of our conversations of yeah. of disagreement. We don't disagree on the butcher, but we we agree on we disagree on some other things. But uh, yeah, uh, we, it's 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 respect, uh, Mark. You sure. know that. 
Davis, it's it's that respect that um, <clears throat> having the comfort to have difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. I think it's having the comfort of knowing that um, there's no ill intent. I would never do or say anything with any malice or intention to be hurtful to, right. to David. I might say things he doesn't like. I might like mm -hmm. someone politically or religious or whatever that we might not agree to, but that doesn't make me a bad person and it doesn't make him a bad person. And we know that. Um, and if everybody doesn't have their own opinion, this place is a real boring place to be. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, can only, I can only take one of me. I, mean, I don't know how my wife does it, but I can only take one of me. So The, the world has made multiple comments that thank God my mom only had me because uh, more than one is a challenge. And I got my five-year-old Captain Chaos. That is a spinning image both personally and, and appearance wise. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that flies, but um, yeah. let's, let's get into the, let's get into your next phase of what's going on. Cause this is, this is crazy. I mean, you get CEO job and then, and then you get into the injury, which I want to talk about that. Cause I have, I have, a, I have a bunch of questions on that one. So, so I, I saw you the weekend of September 8th. Yeah. And so uh, September 21st as a, as a press release here, uh, that uh, from an organization that named me as a CEO of a hundred million dollar project. I had really taken the job in, in July and uh, had been on the board and the chairman of the board. And they asked me to be the CEO. Well, on September 22nd, the day after the release, I'm, I'm in Beloit, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm doing a walkthrough for a wedding. I'm supposed to officiate the next day from for one of my former players when I coached at Concordia. And so I get through the, the walkthrough um, and I go to get into my car and I go to transfer from my wheelchair into my car. Like I always do, like you saw me do put my legs in and just lift myself over. Well, in the process of doing the lift, my femur breaks and I'm, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm like, Oh my God, my, my leg is broken. And so I'm in between, <laughs> I'm holding on to the uh, door of the car. I'm not in the car. And I'm trying to figure out what to do next. So I was able to reach down by yourself. I'm by yeah, I'm by myself again. And <laughs> maybe I should travel with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> duh. And so uh, <laughs> I reach. I'm able to get to my phone, and mm -hmm. I I call the groom, and I'm like, "Hey, man, it's Cooks. I need you to come back. They just left to go for the for the rehearsal dinner. I was going back home. It's a 45 minute drive. I'll see you guys tomorrow." And he thought I was joking. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not playing around. I think my femur's broken or my hip got disconnected. Something's wrong and I can't really do anything. So as, as uh, God would have it, the wedding planner had just come back because she forgot something. And she saw me there and she was like, oh my God, she dialed 911. She could tell something was wrong right away. And so um, uh, I get to a hospital down in Rockford, Illinois, and they admit me right away and do do what they do. And, and the orthopedic came and said, I'm not touching this um, because if I do, it'll probably put you in the septic shock because I had an infection and I was treating that infection, but it had gotten into the bone apparently. And so um, I had never been in a situation where the doctor has said, there's nothing we can do for you. I didn't know how to interpret that. I didn't know, does that mean I'm going to stay here and die or am I going to go home? You know, what does that mean? I mean, you start, going, you. you start going through all of these things because 
they didn't provide a solution. They just said what they weren't going to do. And so um, I ended up transferring from that hospital. Uh, once I kind of figured out what they were saying was that there's no surgery, surgical way to, to uh, treat this, but you'll be okay. You know, you got to get the infection out of your system, blah, 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 blah. So um, I stayed there. Oops. I'm here. Oh, you're there. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I, I stayed there uh, for a week um, until I told them legally they had to transfer me uh, to another place. Mm -hmm. And so they did. And I ended up transferring to uh, a hospital here in Milwaukee. And so I spent another couple of weeks there. They got me on all the antibiotics, got a wound vac, did everything we needed to do. And they, and they said, here's the plan. This is a four to six month process. You need to make sure you keep your um, leg, even with your shoulder when you move and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, you got six weeks of antibiotics go on. Uh, we'll get this wound back off as soon as possible. As soon as the wound's healed up, then you can start doing your stuff. So um, it was, that was probably that three week period. The first week was probably the toughest um, because my wife was traveling back and forth from school. We didn't, you know, we were just trying to figure things out. And I felt like, I'm like, where are all these people that I have connected with? Where are they? I can't get a hold of anybody to come check on me, see how I'm doing, you know. And all of a sudden, that lonely depression type thoughts yeah. start creeping in. And I was like, well, no, 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 no. hold up, Cooks. Uh -uh, no, no, no. You're not going down that route. You got to mm -hmm. figure this out. So thankfully, my, my wife was there uh, almost every day when we got back here. And and I really enjoyed the 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 help, the, the healthcare help that I got because we had a plan and we're going to send you home. We're going to have nurses come. We're going to get some physical therapy. Here's the, here's a plan. We right. talked about this earlier. It's easy to identify a problem, but what's the solution? What's the plan? And once they came up with a plan, whether it was going to be successful or not, I didn't care. It gave me something. It gave me boundaries and guidelines so I could know exactly what was going on. So I get home, I get out, I get out of the hospital October 14th. Uh, and then uh, on November 14th, I get off of all of the IV antibiotics and everything. And the wound vac comes off. So that's like it's after six weeks of all of that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm feeling great. Um, you know, we know that the bone still hasn't healed up and all that. Um, I get it. I, I get Can I ask one question? Because I know yeah. the listeners will probably have a similar question. Um, you've been paralyzed for 40 years how do you know you have a broken leg? Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like this dramatic like fall or anything. You were getting into the car. Like I was getting in and you heard it snap. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You heard, you heard. Yeah. Yeah. It was disgusting. Um, and the, and you, then wow. I could also, I could also tell because that leg became uh, inoperable, so to speak. It would always move, get it. It just was laying, it yeah. was laying down. And so I'm looking at this thing laying down and thankfully there was no bones or anything protruding because I probably would have passed right out. Um, yeah. And, but the sound of the break. Yeah. Oh, dude, that, that sound. Yeah. Oh, I heard it with my tooth last night. It's funny, the timing of this, because they, they basically, you know, Novocaine paralyzes you. You have no feeling to anything. So, yeah. well, you really couldn't feel that. Well, you really couldn't feel a lot of what was happening then when I heard the, 
I was like, well, something something ain't good in my mouth right now. I don't like it. I can't feel it, but I don't like it. Well, and see that 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 it was one of the times where um, not being not being able to feel much from your waist down um, was a was a benefit, if I can say that. Um, And it allowed then for because that would have been ridiculous pain, just uh, excruciating. And so I, I, I couldn't feel it. And so, so that was, that was okay. Um, and so long, long story short, you know, I get, I get, get, um, home, things are going well. Uh, while I was in the hospital, I had gotten a call from the chairman of the board from the organization and, um, uh, saying we want to try to help with some things so that while you're recovering, you don't have to deal with so much minutia. You can take care of high level conversations, that kind of stuff. I said, okay, whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I saw the the email that actually went out, there was only there was only one other employee and then a couple of, of uh, consultants uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the email, and I was like, hey, you know, this doesn't uh, not sitting real well with me. I don't, I don't, something's going on. Well, November fifteenth, the day after I uh, get all the great news from the doctor, I get uh, a call that. Uh, the restructuring the organization and my position along with one other position, the other position uh, had been terminated. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow, you know, my, I, my, my, I, my first thought was, man, were they get doing this while I was fighting for my life? Were they like restructuring this? And like, no, they can't, they couldn't have done that. That, that, you know, um, but then I just said, well, you know what? Um, I'm grateful to be alive right now. I was fighting infection, could have been septic, could have been out of here. So the fact that um, there was this big announcement and now I don't have that job anymore for something I really wanted to do, that was gonna be my legacy project. Mm-hmm. I, I said, you know what? I must have something else to do now yeah. because I don't I don't have that anymore. And so that was, a, that was an interesting time because it was another unexpected change. Yeah. Um, I, I had thought the next four or five years I'd be working on that project, get the hundred million dollars raised, get the building raised, make a difference in these kids' lives, and then I can just fade, you know, exit stage left. Well, that, that didn't happen. So um I'm good with it though. Um I you know, restructuring's happening all the time. It's not the first time I've been fired or let go. And the one thing I've learned in these things, Peach, is I, you know, I don't take it personally. It's not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not uh, like thinking they were out to get me or anything like that. Um, as in hindsight, I think it's probably the best decision because I don't think they were quite ready uh, for a CEO and a development director and stuff until they had some other things in 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 yeah. place. So you know, it may come full circle. Um, the the health situation is really great. I went to a doctor last week, and there's no longer a fracture. Uh, in the bone. And it's just a matter of it completing the healing process, which would take a couple more months. And then from there, you know, we, uh, we move forward. So, you know, hopefully I can parlay, parlay these experiences, you know, how to deal with disappointment and failure and um, um, into, into something that will encourage people and, and hopefully get another book or two out of it. Yeah. Man, your perspective is just, especially right now, when you're hearing about you know, Google laying off 20,000 people or however many, and you got all these tech companies that are letting people go because they, you know, I'll say it, 
you know, you get into some of these companies and they're led by people that have spreadsheets and have ideas or thoughts and how they believe the business is going to grow. And there's this thing called, if there's one thing that's certain, a lot of uncertainty is going to happen. Um, yeah. And so you get into these situations and I'm not saying it's bad in, intent or anything else, but, mm -hmm. you know, I've been fired. I've been fired multiple times. And yes. do I think, do I agree with them firing me? No, I should have quit first. Um, that's, that's, that's the reality. I, I saw something um, and I wasn't smart enough to realize that, um, that I was better than what, I, than I, I had more than what others had to, to deserve to get from me. Yep. Um, and, and, but I was a, I was someone that felt like, up until recently, I felt like quitting was quitting. And right. now and I it, find now now I find quitting is finding. And so if you're unhappy, find mm. happy. Wait, wait, find wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, bro. You you can't be dropping them kind of jams. <laughs> and you don't, don't, don't even <laughs> yeah, it's your show, but you can't be dropping no jams like that. What'd you say? Quitting is finding, you said? Quitting is finding. And if wow. you're unhappy, find happy. Yeah. No, I, I tell people that I've been telling people that for the last year and a half. I'm like, man, if why are you here? Because I talk to lots of people that are unhappy with their job. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I talk to lots of people when I'm on stage and I get down, I always have one or two people that tell me how I should be on stage. And I look at them. I say, well, that's great. How many times have you been up on a stage? Well, I haven't. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you woke up for this. Because I mean, I, I would I'd be lost without you giving me your advice of inexperience on what I should do, and I appreciate that. And I'll listen to anybody. That's but right. Be careful. Be careful what you listen to. But yeah, if you if you're unhappy and you wake up and you say, "Oh man, I have to go to this job," go find something else. Yeah. And if you and if and if and if you get let go, and you don't have another place to go, then I suggest strongly that you figure out how to network and how to grow and have an audience of people that want you. I mean, I called Les Trackman, who you know less. Yep. Um, he was podcast guest and author of Don't F It Up and and has become a, a dear friend and someone that I, I, I honestly believe saved my life. Um, yeah. Because when, when I got fired in 2020, I called him and I said, you know you're not going to believe this. I just got fired. And and in about a minute's notice, and he's known me for a number of years. So it was, it was I, I had street credit with him. Mm -hmm. But he said, hey, did you see we're we're hiring an evangelist? We got a role. We got a position that we're opening up. He says, "Why don't you should apply for it?" Now I went through the whole application process. I had to take these brainiac tests that I don't test well on. That somehow I did another good test. I tested well. He's like, "You're not going to believe this. You've tested like third highest person that's ever taken the test." I'm like, "I told you I was smart." Yeah. Five years of high school. Five years of high school. Five years of high school is going to is going to get is going to get you there. Um, but but I was only unemployed for you know a short period of time. And, and it allowed my brain to keep going. You know, mm -hmm. it, it didn't allow me. And I think with you, with what happened with you, you allowed your health and your push for your health to keep you going and not give you that, that, that stinking thinking, which, Hey, you, you, you just admitted full on. I think you're one of the strongest guys I know. You just admitted full on that you were in a hospital room and you were pretty darn close to, if not in depression, yeah. going into depression and you wouldn't have let yourself stay there. And that's, that's the biggest thing. We all get there. It's how long you stay there. How long you stay there. Uh, even, even last week, I was telling someone this morning, um, last week was like kind of an up and down week for me. And it was it was like all of a sudden being at home, not being able to really go anywhere, not being able to get in and out of your car, not seeing people. It all kind of caught up with me last week. 
Yeah, I mean, I see my wife when she comes home from work and everything, but but this has been since September 22nd. Yeah, that this has gone on, and it, last week I was just like, it, it was like, man, I was having like a couple tough, really tough days, and yeah. um, but then I I got the good news from the doctor's office, and that just kind of you know give it jump starts you for the next run for the next journey, and um, but yeah, you. you you know, that's just real talk. You know, I tell people all the time. I mean, I, you know, I'm not Superman. Um, yes. I'm a man that's super, but I'm not Superman. You right. know, so uh, it happens. And uh, you know, I I am I am grateful for everything that happens to me that causes me to grow, mm-hmm. even if I even if I don't like those things. I've learned that I can't be grateful for everything that happens to me, but mm-hmm. I can grateful in everything that happens to me yeah. because I could have been dead. I could have not, I could have, you know, could have, could have, could have, could have, it could have yeah. gone. A different, it could have, yeah, I mean, dead, a, dead sucks right out of the gate. That's when you want to check off the list. Of yeah. You, you know, yeah. You, you, you wake up dead. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's like, what? So all of these other things will take care of themselves. One thing you talked about, I know we get, we've got, you've got to run um, is, Oh no! I'm you gonna know, ride this out. I'm 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 good. You just keep begin, going. Begin to you know position yourself to be able to do to do more than one thing, and that's one of the things I learned from being in a wheelchair, where you have to really be, um, you have to be, be able to make adjustments. You have mm-hmm. to be able to do other things, and don't just be one thing. Um, it's important to be a master at something. Don't get me wrong, because mm-hmm. masters always find a place. But the fact that I can't speak right now. doesn't mean I can't do my podcast or I can't write or I can't do some other things. Um, mm-hmm. You need to position yourself and have more than a hammer in your toolbox. You might need a wrench, a screwdriver, you know, a couple other things in there uh, so that you can be successful. So I think that also has been um, a key. I mean, Mark checks in on me. You check in on me. You know, there are people that check in on you. that check in. That check in is everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It can be just five minutes. It can be a text. It can be uh, an email. That yeah. check in. That check in. So if people are listening and you and you haven't checked in on somebody for a while, um, yeah. and and they're they're by themselves, the one thing this past year has taught me, um, or it's 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 made me understand, have a little bit more empathy for people who are in isolation. Mm-hmm. in a nursing home or some other place or don't have family to come and see them. Uh, I can tell you that's worth everything. Well, there's self-isolation too. There's people that have all that um, and they feel like they're a failure, um, especially with the, when we talk about the job, the job loss stuff. Um, I know for, I know for a fact um, when everything hit me the last time, I can tell you that I could name enough people to say, and I don't keep a list or anything, but I could tell you that 90% of the people that I thought would have called to see how I was doing, I still haven't heard from two and a half years later, you know, and that's, that's one of those things when the rubber hits the road, you know, who's there when the dust settles and who's going to be there. And if you're not there and you want to be there, don't come up with a reason for, and I've done it. I'm, I'm the first one to say it. You, know, you got a friend that loses a loved one. You got a friend that loses a job. Oh, well, they got a family. They got this. A lot of those people aren't calling. And if you no. just say, hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? And that's what happened. Resnick knew 
that that I that I that I had had that I drove you from Martha's Vineyard, and he right. called me the night that that everything. I think the night or the day after, he goes, "Hey, do you hear what happened to Cooks?" And I said, "No, I got I got no idea." I said, "Then I said, how the hell does he break his leg? He's in a wheelchair." <laughs> and that's I called you, and I'm like, "Dude, you just figured out how to do something that I don't think anybody else has figured out how to do." And you were you were in the hospital, and you know, and and and. I didn't know you were struggling and, you know, but that's, I think that's, that's important. Mark Resnick just said the check-in spot on cooks. Um, that's yeah. important. Yeah. Uh, David, uh, David Young, another Josh statement. Love it. Uh, that must've been my uh, quitting is finding. And uh, Mark Moschetto layoffs suck, but without experiencing one, I wouldn't be where I am now, which is right where God wants me to be. Hey, Mark, if you're still on, check this thing. Oh, God, I hope I don't break it while I try to grab it. Mark is a big, like, um, space, and I think he's a Star Wars fan. Check that out. That's a Lego Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> my brother, um, my my uh, my younger brother for Christmas, uh, he said, hey, uh, you need a, you, you need a hobby. You need something to help you relax. Your brain's always going. You need You need something to just calm yourself you're on the phone you're on your computer you got your kids you got all this stuff you got to do something you know to relax and he gives me my christmas present it was a a 900 piece whatever darth vader lego set and uh i look at him i go who the hell is this for like, what is this like this is for me and he goes yeah he goes it's therapeutic and i was like it's therapeutic i got a 15 year old and a five-year-old i step on these things every day and i have to put <laughs> theirs together now i got to put mine together and I'm going to tell you something, 47 years old, sitting at my dining room table for two nights, no TV, no phone, just an instruction book with 252 instructions and looking at a whole bunch of pieces, wondering how it's going to look like it. It actually felt pretty darn good. So it sits, it sits on my, it sits on my desk. I had no idea Mark was going to be. He says, I love it. He says, peach is a master checking in on friends. I'm still working on a peach. Peach is my role model now, Mark. Uh, no, thank you, buddy. But I don't think I'm. Uh, don't be. I don't want to be. I don't know if I want to be anybody's role role model, especially when I've uh, I've got some good pain meds in me. So, but I appreciate <laughs> it, man. And we we got to get a we got to get another Bulls game in. Uh, Mark and I used to work together uh, years ago, and uh, he became a uh, and after we worked together, great friend um, and someone that I've had some some amazing conversations with. He's also originally from. Uh, Massachusetts. So, um, and the other, on the other side of town, he's up North of me. So, um, but, uh, Mark, I think you're a Northeastern grad, right? If you're still on here, if you, I think Mark went to Northeastern. Um, but if he did Mark Resnick and Mark Moschetto need to meet because Mark Resnick put a post on LinkedIn today. I, I shared it with the Boston university box. He wants to start that's given, uh, Box selling boxes in Northeastern again. He's in Northeastern connection. So anyway, cooks, we got to, yeah, yeah. Mark Moschetto, Husky Pride. Mark and Mark, Mark Resnick and Mark Moschetto meet each other. You guys are friends. We just hooked two people up that know each other now, and uh, they both share a great first name. So let's see, let's see how that all that all pans out. But let's finish up cooks with. What is 2023? You got you're working on your books. You're doing some virtuals. When can you start speaking again in person? I think you know I got a lot a lot of network of folks that always looking for speakers. When are you going to be able to hit yeah, hit the road? Know, I, I think um, 
conservatively, I'll say June 1st, uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably before then, but, but that way I, I'll, I'll be clear on what my physical state will be and how to get around all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think the second half of this year um, should be great. I've got a number of um, uh, uh, virtual talks to give over the next uh, month and a half, which is great to do that yeah. as well. Because some people are still virtual. So um, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So I think um, the, the latter half of this year, I'm, it, you know, th- this is a year of, of uh, uh, I think, just um, next level stuff. You know, I know I, I, I hear all the talk about the economy and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not participating in that. I expect yeah. great. I expect, I, I expect great things. I love it. I love it. I, it's, I, man, you know. I I had this conversation just before we came on with someone um, because there's a lot of uncertainty in our business. You know, we get paid for our words, and it takes a lot to sell those words, and we sell them for a lot of money in a lot of people's eyes. It's not a lot of money if you saw the effort and what we need to put into it. Um, but I had a friend of mine that was talking to me, and he's he's worried. And his business has slowed down. He says, well, Peach, what are you doing? I said, if I remember correctly, the worst economic time in history, not the COVID, because that was temporary. So that's that's a different animal. The longest standing length of a recession in history was somewhere around 2007 to 2010. At its Mm -hmm. absolute worst, it was 89% employment rate. 89% employment rate. Because all the news talked about was an 11% unemployment rate. And I can remember in 2009, 2010, I was in Toronto, Ontario with a guy by the name of Joe Klotz that works with Johnson Controls. I went to an office up there to do a talk. And I was driving to the airport and I got an alert that my flight was delayed by two hours. And this is my messed up brain. And I go, all right, I'm just going to drive home. And I was because I was in a funk, right? I, I needed I needed alone time. I needed windshield time. So I decided to drive home from I decided to drive from Toronto at three o'clock in the afternoon to Boston to Logan Airport to drop off my rental car that I was supposed to return in Toronto, get in my car that was at Logan Airport and drive home. Um, for anybody that 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 doesn't know the distance of that, it's roughly six hundred and thirty miles, um, over a two hour delay, and so. I have the picture. I got to find it, but I'm going over the bridge by Niagara Falls and I'm sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. And I sat there and I said, where the hell are all these people going? Unemployment's at 11%. Where is everybody going? They can't be going to dinner. They can't be going to buying this stuff. And it clicked. And I'm like, yeah, 11% unemployed, but 89% is gainfully working every day. Mm-hmm. I need to focus my efforts on the 89%. Right. And I need to let the news take care of the 11%. And when you do that, it's a much different feeling. Is is life good for me financially and everything else? No, it's nowhere near where I want it to be. And it's not that I want jets and everything else. And many days I sit here and go, well, how, where am I going to, where am I, gonna, where am I getting the money this month? But I know, right? if you stay close to that 89%, it will come. Yep. If you stick with that 11%, it's just like that. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you spend all your time focusing on that 11% and the, and the, and the investments that you made that you're not going to touch for the next 20 years anyway, and all this other stuff, you're going to end up in that hole. Stay yeah. out of it. Yep. You know, stay out of it. It's not ignoring it. It's there. 
it's there. just not there as it's just not there as much as people want you to think it's there. The news controls what you want to think. They want to control the narrative and don't let them. That's um, right. You know, you control your own narrative. You control who you get to be with, who you get to spend time with, and who can drive that next level mm-hmm. of positivity, improvement, performance, everything. That's your choice, and uh, and I and I think I know you're going to do it this year. I know you're going to knock some things oh, out. Oh yeah, well, yeah. You're gonna, and that's I'm, that's just that's just a gift. That's just a given. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, I think I'm going to probably um, branch off into some college campus sp- speaking as well, and yeah. and a couple other avenues. So you know, I, I'm with you. I I dictate to my circumstance. It's not the other way around. You know, so I talk I, I, I talk to my circumstances all the time. And tell them, oh no, you nah, I got this. I, I I gave you the trademark suggestion, so I'm going to give you this suggestion. I I love and and I think it, I think it's got legs, corporate or college, or or K twelve, to build a program on. You see the problem now? What? Mm-hmm. You see the problem now? What? And to teach yep. people exactly what. See, you have to do it naturally, right? So to teach people how to solve problems would be amazing. How to just be a human again, right? Yeah. How to just be how to just be there without having like I mean, you want to do you want to do a, a crazy problem solving exercise? Take everybody's phones away from them for 20 minutes and ask them <laughs> questions. Oh yeah. Right. And when I was when I was a teacher in high school, I would I would have classes with no electronic devices. Yep. And those kids, I mean, they were like a deer in headlights. Yeah. Uh, eventually they figured it out. Yeah. And you're, you're right. I think sometimes we just got to, and it's fundamental things that we've gotten away from. And I love yeah. that idea about, you know, or, or, or now what, you I mean, you got the problem yeah. now, you know? Well, I mean, here's the reality. I do this talk about um, intelligence and multi-generational workforce because it's the first time in history that there's five, potentially five generations or more. And I proved it. I was down in Florida last month and I met Clyde who drives a front end loader that's 92 years old working in one of the largest school districts in the state of Florida. 92. 92 is the oldest employee. 18 is the youngest employee out of 450 employees. You got five, five, possibly six generations at that point. And so, yeah. And so when I do these talks, I say, hey, look, millennials are the first generation that were smarter than their parents by the time they were teenagers. My five-year-old is going to be smarter than me by the time he's seven because of technology. But because yeah. of technology, because when I was growing up, uh, Gen X, I'll never be smarter than my father because I had to do something called read a dictionary, read an encyclopedia, mm-hmm. read yeah. newspapers, read books. And I could never catch up to his experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what gave him his knowledge. Now, yeah. knowledge outweighs experience, but experience always wins. Experience always, always wins. Always. And I'm a firm believer of that. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you got some good stuff. And we actually got Mark, Mark Moschetto's on fire today. He says, we've got to get you both come down and talk to my daughter's school in St. Pete. I love St. Pete. I, I know the school. I did, a, I did a campus tour there. That's some empowering stuff. Hey, put a word in, put a word in. Let's, let's talk to him. We'll, we'll, we'll have talk. We'll travel. Uh, yes, yes. absolutely. And I spend a lot of time down in Florida speaking to a lot of great people down there. Everybody's migrating down there. Uh, every other license plates, New York or California, they all, they all moved down after COVID and they never went home. So, uh, Mark, we'd love to do that. Uh, we'd love to cooks, yeah. cooks and I, cooks and I have talked about doing some dynamic duo work together. We just got to get yeah, it. We just got to get it. We got to get, gotta get, get it, it organized. Get, get it together. organized. Yeah. You know, I got to yeah. get my, make sure I can, uh, you know, stay out of harm's way. 
Good grief. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> well, we just have to find somebody that's got one of those planes we can borrow, you know, just. That's I, it, right? I told you. Yeah. That's it. Right well, I told, I told, well, the, the, we'll end with one of these stories. Well, we'll end at one of these stories. But, you know, one of the stories that we started with was when you actually had an issue when you flew to Boston to, mm -hmm. to do a talk. And yeah. that was one of our conversation pieces. And I looked at you and, and I knew you all of an hour. And I, and I, I'm sure you remember what I said. I said, Hey, Cooks, just remember to pick me up in the plane when you got it, right? Just yes. remember to pick me up in the plane when you got it, because you're going to get it, because the yes. world needs to hear your story, and it will make a difference in the world that you'll get rewarded for it greatly. And, and I believe that uh, wholeheartedly, and uh, and I'm I'm behind you 100%, and I can't wait to see uh, next level. I can't wait to be an Eckerd for us to kick off um, my uh, – Maybe we'll do my modified talk. I'm doing with Paul Anastasia. I think I told you about it. Birds of different oh, yeah. feathers. Birds of different feathers can still flock together. Yeah. Um, and work. Uh, we'll put something together. So, Fantastic. hey, listen, um, I got I got pickup duty. Uh, I got to pick up the big man at school today. And I'm, I'm glad you can make time for me today. I think I wowed you. I don't think I wow you all the time, but I think I wowed you. I got a mouthful of blood. I got a busted out face. <laughs> I took him up <laughs> taking pain I pills. I, I, I was trying to get I was trying to get you to hey, we can do it tomorrow, we can do it in yeah. February, we can take yeah. it, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh no, I got it. I said, okay. Based on the participation and the responses, it sounds like I didn't mumble or drool on myself too bad. No. And this 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 was the best one yet. So I look forward to the next best one. Uh because yeah. that's that's what it is. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that one on the private jet. Boom. That's what I like to hear. Let's All let's right. work on that. Because we'll borrow. Well, let's borrow from somebody. I mean, this is there's so many people that have them now on social media. We just somebody should just want to let us borrow it and come along for the ride. Yeah, um, yeah. it's it's amazing. I'll I'll tell you what. Um, I put posts on LinkedIn. You probably see where I'll say, you know, Paul Anastasia, the guy that saved my life. So he gets front seat. He gets front seat in big bed always, uh, in first class on the flights. Um, that's what happens when you save someone's life. You always get the good stuff and you deserve it. Uh, he'd get it anyway because he's just a, an amazing friend and he's my podcast co-host on my other channel. Um, we put some of these trips that we do and I get, I tell you what, I get anywhere between three and five cold reach outs by people that I barely know, which that's a little weird sometimes, but I, I'm complimented by it. But people will say, if there's ever a chance to get some windshield time with you or both of you, I'd love to go. And someone actually last week we, on my Canada post actually offered to pay for the gas. What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're like, they're like, if I can go to Canada with you guys, I'll pay for the gas. I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's a nice, yeah. that's, that's 562 miles each way. My big rig, that'll take, that'll just work do, a little. Yeah. Just do, just do a background check. Yeah. 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 Mark yeah. Resnick looking out. He says, Airstream for the book tour. I'll make sure it has an automatic lift for Dave. Uh, it's always always thinking. So uh, hey, let's get, let's get it done. Hey, if we hey, listen, if we could do both books at the same time, oh, my God. Uh, oh boy, that'd be a book tour for the ages. Mm. Do you got a title for your book? No, uh, -uh. no, uh, no, I don't. I have, I have uh, one. One book will be more of a devotional quote type book, like quotes, yes. and then the other book will deal more with. Uh, um, uh, probably perspective, perseverance, and partnerships, and how mm -hmm. important they are in solving problems mm -hmm. and, get, and getting to your purpose, kind of thing. So, yeah. But no, no title just yet. Maybe, maybe well, fifty, maybe fifty-two reasons to live. That'd be a yeah. nice for a book. Yeah, yeah. 
or three yeah you could do like a 365 300 365 days of 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 uh uh, uh appreciation type of thing but i mean yeah. that's all those things define your purpose right so that's what yes. all of those things culminate and put together and put your purpose in absolutely so so we'll yeah. see how it goes and yeah i'll just keep writing and telling stories and uh you know trying to make a difference man at the end of the day well the you, of the day, so you've done it with me my friend and i appreciate it. i appreciate you coming on and sticking on here uh for the world's longest podcast in be awesome history which is amazing because i think we could go for a couple more hours and we got people listening best participation yet so for everybody that participated thank you uh for joining us here today and uh and, and pointing in and uh We'll look forward to many episodes this year. We're going to have Cooks back on, I'm sure, at least once or twice um, to check in. And uh, I'm glad we were able to get this in January because if we had to do it in February, I'd have a month month lost of podcast episodes. So we're firing it back up. Now that we've got the Happy New Year with Cooks under out of the way and in the books and for everyone in the world to hear, um, we're going to work on episode 105, hopefully for next week for you. So cooks enjoy the rest of the day appreciate you my friend thank you for always being in my corner and uh, i think you know i'm always in yours and thank you so much for the opportunity i never take these things for granted uh, because yeah. you didn't have to do it and you did so thank you so much appreciate you and uh appreciate everybody for listening and watching and for those that listen and watch after this thank you and you are important to us as well uh we value and appreciate the five-star ratings and reviews that you give us on the podcast platforms, the sharing that you do, the, the following and subscribing. A lot of these channels now are requiring minimum number of followers and subscribers and five-star rating and reviews is what helps our performance uh, for visibility and for credibility. So all I ask is that if you like our podcast, if you like our um our videos, subscribe to YouTube, please share it with your friends, share this video uh, with your with the people that you're connected with. Um, talk about it. And if you do a five star rating and review, please uh, do do me a favor, send me Josh at be awesome. And that's J O S H at be awesome. B E A U S M dot com. Tell me you did it. Tell me who you are. It's a five star rating review on any podcast platform. We'll send you a free be awesome t-shirt shipping and handling included. And because um, your time is worth something, and I think it's absolutely worth a free T-shirt. So um, we're in the top 3% currently with 70 ratings and reviews, five-star rating reviews. I'd love to get to 100 by March 1st. That's my goal right now, and that'll probably put us in the top 2%. So in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great day, everybody.